Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I talk about SmackDown from Friday night and the story that is really dominating the world of the WWE, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Another amazing chapter on Friday night because Jey Uso definitely declared that Roman sits at the head of the table. We talk about that, plus two awesome guests. Ron Funches, stand-up comedian, joins us here, friend of the show. And uh, as, as much as it pains me to say, former NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Boy, after what took place on Friday, everybody knows the name Jay Uso. And on top of that, Bully, Roman Reigns, without a doubt, it's not even close, is doing not only the best work of his career, but the best work in the WWE period. Do you know who Roman reminded me of this past Friday night with his demeanor, the fact that he never raised his voice, the way he carried himself? I'm not sure if a lot of our fan base is going to get this, but tell me what you think. He reminded me of Brando in Apocalypse Now. Like that that crazy gen- general trying to make the uh, trying to make others see his ways and why he does what he does and it's all about the family it was all about Brando's family on that island you're yeah. shaking your head yes but I don't think you're real did you ever no, see no, apocalypse no. now of course I've seen apocalypse now and I know the scene that you're probably talking about when he's talking to to Martin Sheen and he's saying about like the penicillin in the arms and they cut off the arms of all the children that they gave penicillin to. And he cried and he, and he wept. And then it was like, wow, wait a second. Like, I, I, I get it. Like he went from tears to like, now nah, I, I totally understand it. And you saw that on Friday with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns because Jey Uso is like, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're nuts. And then, but by the end of that show, he believed. And he called him, you know, the head. The guy at the, you're the head, you're, the you're at the head of the table. There are so many little things going on um, with Roman and Heyman <clears throat> and Jay that makes this story so believable. And if somebody were to tell me it wasn't a story... And it was real life because Roman now thought this way. I'd believe them. That's how personal the story is. And that's why I love it so much. That's why it's resonating. I, fi- I find myself being intrigued by two stories that are going on in the WWE right now. 
both of them on SmackDown, the Roman story and the Mysterio family story. And I enjoy them both. But as I'm watching the Mysterio story, I'm realizing, okay, this is a pro wrestling story and they're doing a good job with it. And it, it's, uh, it's got me invested when I'm watching the Roman story. I'm thinking all the same things and feeling how real it is and how touching it is and how I can't take my eyes off the TV just to look for the little things. And those little things <clears throat> this past uh, Friday night on SmackDown were huge. Did you notice the eye contact or the lack of eye contact that Jay Uso would make with Roman Reigns? Yeah. Um, you brought this up before, Bully. You talked about when you're speaking to somebody, you're having a confrontation with somebody, or, you know, when you're thinking of things to say, how your facial expressions are, your body languages. And I watched for that when I was looking at Jay, Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. Because you saw the anger in Jay Uso's face, but yet he didn't look Roman in the eye. He'd look down, he'd look at his chest, but he wouldn't look him straight in the eye until he was done talking. Um, I noticed that. And that was as real as real could get because that's how you probably would talk to somebody if you're in that situation. If you were intimidated by them or if you knew in your heart that they truly were the head of the table and you weren't trying to disrespect them. It's like, have you ever come face to face with an aggressive dog and you make eye contact with them? You, you can't look away first because if you look away first, the dog knows it got you, that you're intimidated. Whoever looks away first, Jay Uso can't even look at times because he knows the big dog is the head of the table. He doesn't want to disrespect him by looking in his eyes because if you look in his eyes, that means you're challenging him. And despite the fact that Jay is trying to make sense to Roman, he's not trying to challenge him. He's coming around. He knows he's right. What's Roman doing? Looking dead in Jay's eyes. He's looking straight at where his eyes would be. And if he doesn't make eye contact with me, that means I own his soul. And that's what Roman is doing. He's taking Jay's soul little by little. And I think they are playing off each other so well. Roman is so calm, cool, and collected. Jay is frustrated. He doesn't know what to do. He's trying his hardest. He's, he's holding on. You talked about Pandora's box. The only thing trapped in Pandora's box was hope. And that's what Jay Uso has tried to hold on to, a little bit of hope that old Roman will show his face, but it's not because the new Roman rules right now. The way they are, the, the, the Jay's tone, his inflection, uh, I love the fact that he continues to speak despite if the microphone is in front of his mouth or not. It makes it more real. I love picking up every other word. It makes me listen more intently. Hell, if there were no microphones there at all and it was just being picked up by the handheld camera uh, microphone, I'd be happy with that. I feel like I'm watching a conversation between two members of the Inouye family. And it really plays off well. And this may be one of the few times that I'll ever say this. This is playing off so much better that there's not a crowd in the arena. Like, you know, they're in the Thunderdome and the Thunderdome is they can kind of control the climate. 
which is actually a good thing because it plays into the narrative. I don't know what the reaction would be if they were doing this in front of 15,000 people. You know, would it have the same reaction? Would they be doing things differently? Would you get what chance? Would you get cheers when there should be booze or vice versa? I actually think in that intimate atmosphere that this storyline plays better because it almost has that uncomfortable feeling bully like i'm not supposed to be here i'm 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 not supposed to be privy to this i'm not this isn't a conversation i'm supposed to be overhearing because like you just mentioned about with the way that roman especially has been using that microphone and a lot of what he's been saying is not on the mic but you can still pick it up actually it was more jay last friday I, I think they both. I think they both done it. But like Roman, I'm just thinking of Roman at the times when he, that's what's in my head is Roman when he's actually talking off mic. Though you're right, Jay has done that as well. But it it adds to the feeling like I'm not supposed to be hearing this. This isn't supposed to be what I'm what I'm hearing. We talked about last week about like when you're a guest at someone's house and there's an argument at the dinner table. That's what this really does feel like, and it's. Listen, and again, we'll get into it. Everything that's going on with the Mysterio family, it's well played. But you can say, you can tell it's being played. You can tell that they're playing up to the camera, the the angles of it, how they're talking, everything that goes on with that. It's completely the opposite when it comes to Roman and Jey Uso. It's so real, it's creepy and awkward. Awkward, not creepy. For me, it's just, it's that... It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I like that uncomfortableness because whenever you can create that feeling, it's real because people can relate to being uncomfortable in a conversation. People might be able to relate to what it's like to be in a in an uncomfortable family dispute. It's about family in this story. And that's why I believe it will resonate. And like I said, it's been about the little things so far. Hey, everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. How are you, Ron? Oh, great, Dave. It's good to see you. Good to hear from you. It's not not the first time someone's husband told me that their wives follow me on every social media and that they were aware of it. You got to keep an eye on her. You know what? I do. And I also noticed that you follow her on Twitter as well. So I definitely have to keep. Oh, you got to keep an eye on me. Yes. Wow. Wow. 30 seconds in. Wow, because slide into the DMs and everything. Here's hey, the if you doing your job, I can't I can't do nothing, Dave. If, <laughs> if, if, if there's a hole in the dam, I'm gonna come feel it. It's not cracks it's, in the wall. Cracks in the wall. It's not about cracks in the wall. It's not about holes in the dam. But you know what? I've said it on this show before, and people that went bully to our ten year anniversary party knows that my wife's pierogi is soft, wet meaty and tasty it's just a yeah. fact it's That's a very they made that song wop wet ass pierogies i remember <laughs> <That's> exactly. 
Oh, uh, you kind of left the meaty part out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, depending, it could be cheesy as well. Ron, so... God, dear God. That's your wife you're talking about. Listen, pierogies are pierogies, bully, and she makes a damn good pierogi. Yes, she does. Anyway, let's please get off of this because she may be listening. Let's get into Ron. Obviously, we want to talk about wrestling, and you are a huge, huge wrestling fan. Everyone knows. Everyone knows it from the gimmicks that's behind you to the shirt that you're wearing. But we do want to promote your new show on True TV, Thursdays at 1030. Top secret videos. Talk about the new show. Oh, it's a great show. It's myself, Brian Posehn, Matt Walsh, uh, Natalie Colbert. It's basically your classic clip show mixed with a a little bit of sitcom as well. So it's just three friends hanging out in the basement, cracking jokes about internet videos. It's, you know, great TV to watch to just chill out and get away from all the stress and everything going on. Just three friends hanging out, cracking jokes. The two of us love wrestling and we're going to convert Allie. Nice. I like it. Uh, and always converting somebody who's not a wrestling fan into a wrestling fan. That's like the toughest job possible. <laughs> it's difficult. You got to know the person and what they're into. It's, things can be very, Orange Cassidy can be very helpful for things like that. Okay. Uh, you know, silly things. People, they can get more into this. That's how I got my wife, Orange Cassidy and Invisible Man matches. See, I like what Ron's saying, Bully, and the fact we talked about this with Orange Cassidy. Here's a wrestling fan. All right, what's the gateway into pro wrestling? Orange Cassie. That tells you right there he's tapping into a, a different type of audience. And your wife likes him a lot, Ron? Oh, yeah. She likes him. You know, I know she likes him. One of my, my best friend, Blair, um, Orange Cassidy actually came to one of my, my shows in Delaware. And she just, from the moment she met him, was like, who's this guy? Like, I don't know who he is. I don't know. She didn't know what he what did or what it was. She was just like, who is this guy? And um, he's just, he's a star. He's a star. You know, you're about to say something, and it sounded like you were going to say, who is this guy? You know, what is he? Like, people don't understand him, and the fact that they don't understand him is what I think makes it intriguing, because I guess with most wrestling today, you can kind of figure out who's who, but especially with a female, if they can't figure it out, they're very intrigued by it, and they have to get to the bottom of it. Oh, absolutely. You got to be aloof. That's what they love. That's what you can't come all the way out. You know, bully, you know. So, yeah, he's aloof. He's handsome. Women love him. The guys love him. There's not, you know, when kids are dressing up as a guy for Halloween, you, you know, you're over. It's amazing. You know, Ron, with this new show, Top Secret Videos, you just said something like in in the current climate that is our world right now in 2020, like you kind of need shows like this that are lighthearted, that are funny, that kind of take you out of the element, put you in a good mood. It seems like this is definitely the perfect show for that. Oh, it absolutely is. That's the thing that I love from shooting it. And when I realized that, like, at the end of the day, we were just three comics in the basement trying to make each other laugh. And like Brian, I think, is like just truly underrated as a legendary comedian. He's been doing it for almost 30 years. He's been Big Bang Theory. He's been everywhere. And just listen, I would come in and be like, oh, I'm going to crush it. And then Brian would say this joke I never even thought of. And I'd just be like, I need to just love the fact that I get to sit here and, and crack jokes with this guy. It's, it's amazing. I, I mean, I really, really like this job. 
Hey, Ron, one of the re- uh, specific wrestling questions I wanted to talk to you about mm-hmm. uh, is something that me and Dave were discussing a couple of weeks ago. So obviously you're a big fan of the New Day. We've had conversations with you about the New Day. Um, and now that they have been split up on the rosters, be on his own, Xavier and Kofi tagging, me and Dave were discussing who has more potential to go farther. What is your opinion on the split up of the New Day? And what are you mm-hmm. looking forward to the most for the tag team? and for, from Biggie as a single star? Oh, well, I mean, I just think it, it's just part of the flow of um, their group, right? Like, it, you can't stay together and be stagnant forever as they were. It was kind of getting a, l- a little bit old and still to me. And so I just like that it freshens it up. And um, I have gr- all the love in the world for Biggie. I think that he can be a great single star. I think he can be a great WWE champion for our universal champion. And I think that to me, that's where the biggest upside is because with the with Kofi and Xavier, I mean, the best thing they can do is like what win another tag title, like you know, like that's already been done. Um, but I do love that they did not turn against each other. They didn't break up with each other that way. It wasn't a traditional thing. It's like, hey, we're still in unit. We just have our goals have changed and we and that that i really get behind i think they can do great things and can even be a bigger faction i would love to see biggie carrying that world title and then the new day carrying the tag titles together and have all the gold i think that would look beautiful and i like what you said you don't have to break them up at some point they're going to get back together again they have to. You have to. You have to come back together. Bubba and Devon came back together. They had to. Like you, everybody wants to see. It's like a good relationship. Even if you take that break, even if you're going around seeing other people, in the back of your mind, you know, you might end up back together. I always compare it to rock and roll because, you know, bands break up. And then when they get back together for that reunion tour, it's almost as big as when the band got back together for the first time. And if they ever have to bring the new day back together, I'd like to see them brought back together as that super group that they were to overcome a heel super group. Don't just put them back together because, you know, for whatever reason, let's let's get a set of heels hot. Whether you know, even if that was Sheamus and Cesaro, and Shinsuke, who could probably pull that off really well. And then the New Day had to get back together. Uh, Because I think once fans are allowed back in the arena, that New Day reaction when they get back together will be as big as any New Day reaction that ever happened. I completely agree with you. I think it it has to be story-related, and it has to be almost as if, like, you know, Superman kind of hung out and hang in the back and let the other superheroes take care of small threats. You know, when the when the whole planet was in danger, that's when Superman left the Fortress of Solitude. And that's when I think that's when you need New Day back together, when the entire WWE universe is in danger and the, you need the power of positivity back, that's when you bring them back together, but not until then. All right, Ron, serious question here. What was, <laughs> what's been a bigger flop? Quibby? Or, 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 or retribution. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, okay. All right. Just because of your wife. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a hard question to answer. Dave. <laughs> 
I will say um, for me personally, clearly retribution because they did not pay me any money at all. And Quibi <laughs> did. So whether they flopped or not, the check cleared. And so that's a good thing for me. Um, I'd say that at least Quibi looked like it was going to do something for a minute. And I never thought that with retribution, but retribution does have Ali and I love him. So I'm gonna say Quibi. I'm gonna okay, say Quibi. Quibi. And, no, and notice I didn't say I didn't say nice one because that, that show was no. great. It had nothing to do with the show. It's just, you know, Quibi. Mm. It's just bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm sure Bully can can understand. Sometimes no matter you could be a good soldier, putting on the best matches in the world, going out there being an elite person, but if the structure isn't working from the top, if you're still working at impact, nobody's gonna care. <laughs> seen it happen absolutely those poor guys at impact poor tommy dreamer oh come on they're doing oh i try to watch the pay-per-views and then every time there's some production mistake where i'm just like oh my god they just oh it's it's beautiful yeah i I feel bad but the next uh pay-per-view will be on quibi um I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. Anyway, Ron, like, for you, I mean, we 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 kid, we we joke around a little bit, but seriously, like, really tough times. You're somebody that's used to being on the road, performing in front of a live audience. We talked about it a, a little bit the last time you were on, but the last time you were on was about seven months ago, and here we are, kind of still in the same environment that we was. You know, back then. I mean, how difficult has it been not being able to do that? Um, it's been very difficult, but I think just like in, you know, any adult person at the end of the day, you kind of got to go like, well, this is what life is. And either I'm going to sit around and mope and be a, a, a idiot and give up on life, or I'm going to take what I was given to me and make the best out of it. So I've just been trying to adapt. I've been doing a lot of streaming on Twitch. I've been doing um, my own live streams. I have one coming up December 5th uh, that people can go to ronpunches.com. I'm doing my first Christmas show. I'm taking singing lessons to sing some Christmas tunes. Nice. So it's going to be uh, you know, I think it's been all about adapting, getting myself more into shows and voiceovers. Um, and, and, you know, I did go to Denver and do a, a weekend a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it is kind of more sporadic now. And but in the but it makes me more grateful. I'm like, anytime I'm stepping on that stage, I went to the comedy store a couple of weeks ago just to do a podcast. But I made sure to step on that stage. And before I did, I wiped my feet. I I took did a little mantra and I was like, if I ever get a chance to perform on this stage again, I need to be completely grateful and, and understand what I have. If you're going to sing some Christmas tunes, maybe you and LaGreca should do a duet and make it like into an MJF Jericho thing. I would be all for it. You are, I mean, you can come and you can, you don't have to be there, Dave. You can live stream into my Christmas show. I would love you as a special guest. You want to sing a song with me? Yeah, I, Ron, I would love to sing a song with you. You kidding me? Uh-oh. We would kill it, you and I together. Oh, you'd kill it, Dave. That's for sure. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Ron doesn't work for the WWE because he's available on Twitch. So, you know, that's okay. <laughs> <And you> have- <laughs> wow. Wow, you're taking a lot of shots. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 on one today, day. Wow. McGregor is <laughs> the shoot heel on the show, Ron. I've been trying That's to tell everybody. McGregor is the heel of the show. Not mm-hmm. true, Ron. Don't don't listen to bully. <laughs> 
He's the slap dick of the show. Slap nuts, def- whatever his slap. <laughs> the T bar. I'm the T bar. T bag. No, but be the T bar. Ron, here's another wrestling discussion that me and Dave have been having. Get your take. Is retribution dead in the water or is there a glimmer of hope? Uh, who I think they've been dead in the water since week one, but no one's been. I don't think you guys could say that, right? Bully, especially you couldn't say that, but I think they've been dead oh, in the sure water I since could. week one because it to me, my opinion obviously, no facts, I don't work there, I'm just watching. Um, is just that doesn't seem like there was any plan whatsoever, just kind of week to week booking. I feel like maybe one day they were watching the news and they saw Antifa protests and they were like, huh. We could make this into a gimmick. And then there was a little bit of blowback. And they were like, wait, maybe we can't make this into a gimmick. And we need to really adjust and make it cartoony and different. Mad Maxi and put a bunch of weird ass masks on these people. And then they were just like, well, it's got to be people we don't care about because this is probably going to bomb. And so let's just wrap up whoever we got. And I'm just happy that, Mar- I mean, as much as I love Mercedes Martinez, she should probably be counting her blessings that she got out of that group because at least she's not going to be tied to that because that's the worst part about it. These are very, very talented, extremely wonderful wrestlers. I love Donovan. I love Shane Thorne. I love Mia Yim. But they're always going to be, like, if there were an audience in that crowd, like if they come back and wrestle as their real selves, they're just going to be yelled at Mace, T-Bar, slap dick. You know, that's all they're going to get. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a damn shame. It's dead. You know what, you, Ron, you bring up a great point, bully. And the fact that if this was being played out in front of a live audience, it would, it would have been disastrous almost since day one, as soon as they appeared, Knowing that, you would have heard chants from the crowd. You would have heard Mia Yim chants. You would have heard Dominic Dijakovic chants. I mean, they're very, very lucky that they were able to do that in the Thunderdome as opposed to a live audience. It would, it would not have worked at all. Yeah, absolutely. The only person I feel bad for is Ali because I think he is truly one of the most talented performers that they have in a, in a unique um, baby face as far as this, uh, you know, minority police officer who like that's such a like the real story of Mustafa Ali is the best story you can tell. And I don't understand why they shy away from that. Like he is a uber baby face ready to happen. When I see him in the ring, he seems like the absolute perfect mix of Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Like he's so technically sound. He's so athletic. He's amazing. He has a beautiful head of hair. His wife's beautiful. Like what more could you want from a person? And you can't find nothing from him but to lead uh, the, uh, the Foot Clan? What's happening there? I, I think that they just threw it to him because he got injured and they liked him and they wanted to do something for him and they made him the leader of this group. But uh, it's going no, it's going nowhere. Why did you say to me that I can't be harsh on the retribution gimmick? Uh, well, I, it, Billy, when I listen to you on here, it's, it's similar to me when I talk about stand-up comedy, right? Like if I'm personally and I'm at home, there's some things I can say. But if you're, if I'm um, if I'm on a show, if I'm, there's some things I'm going to watch my words for because they're my friends and they're my co-workers. And I know it's, it's not like you often say, don't blame the guys and girls in the ring. They're doing what they're told. And I feel the same thing about shows when you're like, oh, this show sucks. And that I was like, well, they're just following this and you don't know how they edited this. And you don't know that they took out the good improvised lines and all of that, you know. 
But when I go home, I might just be like, well, that person just don't got it. <laughs> no, and, 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 and Ron, you're bringing up the discussion that Bully and I had a couple of weeks ago on the show where, you know, I, I took some shots at them on social media. And, uh, you know, I was saying, you know, Frankie DeFalco and Jose Luis Rivera and, and blah, blah, blah were behind, you know, that, that they were basically enhancement talent. And Bully kind of took me to school and was like, hey, this is has nothing to do with the talent in the ring. This mm-hmm. is, has everything to do with creative. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they represent the storyline that they're in. So yeah. when, when people are, it's just like with me, if I'm, if I'm going on the air and I say something, you know, the fans don't know that the producer fed me that line or that my boss told me to say it. I'm the one that say it. So I'm the representative of that line that I speak on the air. It's the same yeah. thing with what goes on on Monday Night Raw. You know, you can't boo creative, but you can certainly boo the people that are in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to have um, real ownership and real passion over your character, over what you do. It's, I think it's not very dissimilar to comedy. And um, a lot of my roles, like if you even in Top Secret videos, my name is Ron, you know, and we might have a different last name. But because his name is Ron and because it's me, I take ownership of that. And so if there's a joke that they want me to say that I might disagree with, that I might think like, hey, this doesn't paint me in a good light, or it might make me look um, sexist or racist or something that, but not in a fun way that I like, uh, then I will say no, because I go, oh, they don't go, they wrote this joke for you. They go, Ron did this joke and it sucked and this is what he thinks. And so you have to have, I guess, the balls and the um, fortitude, which is probably very difficult now at that time, especially during a pandemic, to stick up and be like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. That's bad for my character. But sometimes that's the, the best thing you can do in all of entertainment is say no, because that's your biggest power. The wrestling business does not reward yes men. Never has, never will. Uh, and, and it seems like it's the same thing in comedy. Now, let me ask you a question. When you say they want you to do a joke, uh, forgive my ignorance, but like, when does somebody tell you to do a joke? Uh, producers, writers, you know, same. It's not dissimilar that, you know, if on our show, I write. Um, the majority of my jokes, 90, 95% of my jokes I write, but they're also like, hey, if you don't have one, here's some jokes. Or like, would you try this joke? We think you'd like this joke might work and this joke might sell, you know, or I mean, in particular, the show is on um, a true TV, which is the Turner network. I did a WWE joke and they were like, Hey, we have AEW here. Can you change that? And I was like, Oh, no problem. I love AEW. No problem. But if it was something, you know, they might say something different. Hey, you, we don't, that's one of our sponsors. You can't joke about this, you know? So in the world of pro wrestling, if they come to you with an idea, you're not allowed to say no unless you have uh, another suggestion or a different idea. Is it the same world in comedy? Have they come to you with a joke where you've just been like, nope, not saying it, moving on? Uh, Not the moving on part, because also, uh, you know, I'm not as um, I'm not a veteran like that, where I can just go, nope, you know, I have to explain it. I have to be like, this is why, this is why I don't like this joke. This is what the thing is. And I, and I just try to do that privately, but there's definitely been some, when I was working on different sitcoms, you know, oftentimes I'm the only black cast member. And so they'll want to do certain jokes through me. And sometimes they're fun and they might sign a different light racially, but sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a, racist joke a white writer wants to say through a black talent so that they're not in trouble and that is the ones where i go like that doesn't work for me 
everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Thunder Rosa, how are you? I am Alex. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm really good, man. I don't even know what to say. I'm good. I'm hungry, actually. Very hungry. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you're hungry. We'll try to get you something to eat before you have to go. But uh, Th- uh, Thunder Rosa, Ron Funches, who was our guest prior, heard that you were coming out. Says like, I'm not going anywhere. I got to stick and stay. Uh- for Thunder, because he's such a big Thunder Rosa fan. Yes, he is. I was just talking to him earlier. Uh, he's a friend on Twitter. So I was like, oh, I like his kid, too. So that's right. We're not just I'm not just a fan, Dave. I'm a friend. Yeah. Right. See, yeah. see that we follow each other. What's up, bully? How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thunder. I'm good, champ. That's why I'm going <laughs> to call you belt or not. You the champ. Ron, she actually uh, said hello Ron. to Bully. <laughs> no, either way, she's talking to me. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron, I uh, love her. Ron, I, 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 I promise you, I'll lay out for the interview and I'll let you talk all you want. But she did say hello to me, you know. Mm. So if you could just I let me answer for right once, now. you're just behind I, the sun. Yeah, well, I'm big enough to eclipse it. Thanks, Ron. I get the joke. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Okay. funny man, so let me just say hello to my fellow wrestler. Let me just get in a hello, how are you? And then you can say, hello, Thunder Rosa, great to have you on. Now I'm going to lay out and let Ron talk. All right. <laughs> Hi, Ron. <laughs> Hi, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> oh, my God. This is hilarious. Oh, you're so fun. <laughs> the, the face paint. I mean, where are you going? Tell us. Tell everyone. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm staying. I'm staying still for a minute. You know, like the boss said it already. I ain't going nowhere. I'm just gonna right, take because... over the world while I'm staying still for a minute. That's where I'm going to do next year. Mm, real pinky in the brain style. Yeah. So let me ask you a question, girl. I've seen you progress over the past three years. I've seen you. I saw obviously we spent some time in Ring of Honor, and then I've seen you progress. What do you attribute to you moving up the ranks? You know, getting better in the ring. I know you were with a partner for a period of time. You're no longer with her. Take me through the progression of what's going on with your professional career lately, and 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 the drastic improvement. Um, you know, my drive has never been, I don't think it's, I've been so driven as I, I am currently. Um, I think the the pandemic really made me realize that if I want to stay on top, I have, I have to live like a professional athlete. So that's literally what I do every day from like, it's been probably since I started fighting, I will have to, I will have to admit, like, since I started fighting or training for fighting, my abilities in the ring have like gone to the next level. And I'm just not talking about like, yeah, I do this like really cool lucha moves and stuff like that. I focus so much on psychology and having good matches and telling good stories with absolutely everybody that I step in the ring with. So that's what, one of the things that I have focused so much for the last 12 months. And in now and even in the future, now that I don't have the strap, like I, I really want to show that uh, the reason why I was uh, a champion is because I'm the best. 
And and I'm just not saying that because I want to like boost myself. It's like I know at this moment I can tell you I am one of the best female wrestlers in the world because I dedicate my life to pro wrestling. I dedicate my life to training and I dedicate my life to my fans and to the entertainment business. So I think that that mentality that I have now, it's it has helped me so much to progress faster than ever. You know, and you're one of the few wrestlers, maybe the only wrestler that I can actually say that during this pandemic, Thunder Rosa, you've improved so much and your scope has gotten so much bigger because you think about where you were at the end of 2019 and people like myself and Ron, obviously big fans, we know who you were, but the world didn't know. And now here we are halfway through this year, or I should say near the end of 2020, and every wrestling fan knows who you are. To be able to do that in this environment, I mean, kudos to you. I mean, everybody was stuck at their house. If you didn't do your homework and you like didn't work social media, you were not doing what you were supposed to. I mean, this is the reason why a lot of people started doing podcasts, YouTube, uh, you know, created websites, you know, all this online OnlyFans, Patreon, you know, you got to make some money. And for me, like I said, it was a blessing because I was able to connect with people in a way that probably I would have never been able to do it if I would have just keep wrestling and, and do what I was doing. And also, like, let's let's not, you know, undermine the fact that I was able to do a pay-per-view uh, for AEW that, that really like skyrocketed whatever I was already working on. And, <clears throat> and honestly, it hasn't stopped like in the last, I will say month and a half, my social media numbers have grown tremendously. Um, I'm getting like between 15,000 to 20,000 per month, uh, wow. which is really, really good. And I'm like going on overdrive because I really want to focus on, on becoming a, uh, not only a, a, a wrestler, keep it just on that, but I, I want to be a, a, a figure, like an entertaining figure. So it gives me more value by the time I'm ready to step in the ring again or by the time I'm ready to uh, to move on on my next thing in, in the next couple of years. Go ahead, Ron. Thank you. I did have a question because you mentioned something that, that spoke to me when you said that the pandemic made you kind of look at things and made you change the way you were doing some things. And I think that's been a, a, a thing that a lot of, of great people are doing to, to kind of change things up. Is there anything in speci specifically where you're like, oh, I was just living my everyday day-to-day -day life. And once I had a moment to sit at home and reflect, you're like, I need to change this. I need to stop doing this or I need to start doing this. Was there anything in specifically? Uh, mostly like connecting on social media. Mm. Uh, I mean, my social media was strong, but it wasn't to the point in where it is now. Um, and and really doing collaboration with other people. I, that's one of the things that I kind of shy away for a little bit. And now I'm doing more and more collaboration with local people, with people in Los Angeles. I mean, anytime I'm traveling, I'm trying to like connect with people that are, have some sort of like clout so I can get some other followers and do something together. And I, I just met this guy. His name is Jamie. I always forget his last name. But he's a comedian and he does a lot of jujitsu stuff and mm -hmm. MMA. And Jamie we just Kilstein. Did, yes. So I, we just did a video and, and people really took it really well. And they're like, oh, we can't wait for you guys to do more stuff. He's actually moving to Texas. So we're going to be doing a lot more of comedy stuff. So that's another um, market that I haven't tapped in. I mean, although I, I do MMA, a lot of people know them because I, I don't have the best record yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's stuff like that. Just doing things that I have not really done with wrestling. And and just like have fun with it, right? Yeah, I love it. So, 
Thunder Rosa, before I ask you the next question, I'm going to make a statement. And my statement is, please do not give me a politically correct wrestling answer. Now I'll ask you the question. (laughs) Sometimes when sometimes we're in the ring in the ring with people that we don't necessarily get along with. We're not on each other's Christmas cards lists. We actually bring the best fight out of one another because we're laying our stuff in a little more. So I know what I saw with my own eyes. Talk to me about you and Eva Lisa's in ring relationship. I don't care about outside. Talk to me about the in ring relationship and how you can work together despite the fact that you might not be the best of friends well you know i never had any issues with her i'm just gonna put it out there never had any issues with her i work with her in lucha underground i work with her in other promotions and um i mean i thought the match was going well and then you guys saw what you saw Uh, we made her work we finished nobody got hurt and that's to me that's the most important part i am not gonna like you said you gotta make it work and that's that's what i that's what i attempted to do and even till the finish i made sure my opponent was safe at all times no matter what happened in between so my like i said like i told you earlier my promise with anybody that i step in the ring regardless of what relationships inside or outside is to keep my opponent safe i'm not trying to kill you this is not mma they're not paying me a bunch of money to try to kill you this is a dance and i try to have the best dance as possible so um so that's what that's what happened do you feel like if you're in the ring with somebody that you might not per se like that the aggression that you have for one another might be able to turn into good business? I mean, if you work it really well, yeah, I don't see why not. Um, but I think you have to, um, I mean, especially if you want to milk it and make some money, um, right? Uh, but I don't know, man. Sometimes some people um, take things too personal and okay. – uh, and they'd rather go and talk and bash people. You know, that, like I said, I'm not going to give you a, 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 a political correct answer. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I think that I am a professional. I've said it multiple times. I showed it in the ring. You guys saw it in the match. I have nothing bad to say about this person. Um, and if the other person decides to go and bash me on, on other social media, that's their prerogative, not mine. I do business very differently, and that's the reason why people respect me as a person, as a wrestler, as a woman. Um, you know, um, whatever happened, happened. And again, who knows? Maybe I'll go back to AEW. Who knows? You know, it's just, and then you have to still see each other to still be respectful. And, and then, I mean, it is what it is, but, but you know, you know me bully and um even when i have issues with people i i try to squash and move on that's that's the thing you know i'm i'm trying to make my money i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to go to places man <laughs> you know and i'm just not gonna let little little things you, you know be something that i'm gonna be this and this and that, and that. for what this is just gonna look bad when i'm trying to go to a bigger company and be like why are we gonna hire this person if it's this person is beefing with f f y and z like there's no point you know, but uh, like for you, Thunder Rosa, and Bully knows this because, you know, doing this show, after that match with Ivelisse, who were we talking about? We were talking about Thunder Rosa. People were calling in talking about Thunder Rosa. The match that you had, no dis- you know, listen, this is no disrespect. You know, the match you had with Serena Deeb, you know, after that match, the next day, we were taking phone calls. How great Thunder Rosa looked. Now, Ivelisse gets signed by AEW. Serena Deeb gets signed by AEW. It's like, you're like... But but you were the person that everybody was talking about the next day after those matches. Hey, man, 
and that, that's okay. This is a business, man. I mean, I am signed with NWA. You know, I have another year with them. And when it's my time, and it's going to be my time. And when my time comes, man, I am not going to come as just another person on the roster. Mark my words. I'm coming for everything. I'm coming to be on top, just like I did this first time. My value is going to be bigger because I'm going to get a, I'm going to be a better wrestler. I'm going to cut better promos. My body's going to look like chisel. I'm going to have a better record on my MMA. So when I, I got there, I'm going to be like, this is all that I have to offer. What do you have to offer me? That's what I want when I go to a bigger company. It, it's not the opposite. And we're like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. Can I get a contract? Like, no. I want them to want me. That's how That's it should a, be. Know your That's value. Song. Yep. Let, let me ask you, not personally, but professionally, where does the, the character of Thunder Rosa, where do you believe she can be the most effective and make the most money? Is it an AEW? Is it a WWE? Is it staying with the NWA? Um, that's a great question. I mean, that's I don't what I'm know. Here for. That's what I'm here for. Because, <laughs> because of all the projects that I have on the side, it has to be a place in where I'm able to continue to work with what I'm working on. As you guys know, I run... And uh, I'm part owner of Mission Pro Wrestling. It's an all-women uh, show. And I'm not talking about just in the ring. It's like everybody that runs this stuff is a is with women. And there's so much that I'm working on with other projects that I have with this to make it bigger. So if I'm able to do it in NWA, then with NWA. If I'm able to do it with AEW, probably. But now knowing what WWE is doing with things that we have on the side, it's going to be very difficult for me to work on my personal projects. And sometimes... Those personal projects are the things that bring you the most joy in life. And I don't want that joy to be taken away from me for money. If that's what I have to sacrifice sometimes, then I'd rather be happy than being a slave in somewhere where I'm going to be like there for, I don't know how, how long, just have um, something, right? I don't know. That's my, that's how I think. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.